Hello, I'm Craig. And I'm Michael. And we, today we have a special guest, um, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm on various different names, on various different websites. Um, I've been Caleb Diesel on Facebook for a few months, GKP Boy on Twitter for a bit, Geeky Kinky Puppy Boy, um, and I've been Diesel Pup on Recon for a couple of years now. Fair enough. That's a lot of a uh, lot of names. <laughs> so yeah, what we've got Adam on to talk about today is um, mostly about the puppy community as well as a few other projects he's undertaking. So give him a chance to plug them. Um, yeah. Cause... Well, you've got a lot on your plate, I think. So as far as different organizing all sorts of stuff and taking part in all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> might as well take advantage. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, first let's talk about the stuff, the puppy play. Now, we always like to get into what drives a person's fetish on the show and um, what... So where does it come from in you? What what makes you enjoy puppy play? Um, it's always been a weird question to answer that one. It's... You get the power transfer and the submission that you do in other robots, but there's also a lot of affection and a lot of care involved, which you don't often, sorry, you don't always see in um, other styles of role I, as a pup, it's one of my, one of my more characteristic traits of the pup is being very cuddly, being very affectionate, being very attentive, where I will just sort of pounce up on someone and start nuzzling into them without any warning or hesitation. Whereas if I would say a slave, I imagine that would be a little bit more taboo and a little bit less acceptable, for example. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because um, that's that's something that, that seems to be like quite key with um, puppy play and sort of to differentiate between the different forms of sort of submission and stuff that there is a very sort of playful affectionate um element to the whole puppy play in in contrast to the very strict or often very strict master-slave relationships um and as you said there's a, sorry uh there's a sorry go on no i agree with you that's a very accurate way of putting it <laughs> I was just going to say, you also touched on the social aspect. One thing I find, puppies are extremely tactile, affectionate people. Just in general, even when not in play, they're far more tactile and just comfortable in each other's personal space than other people might be. I've noticed that a lot amongst my circle of friends who are also pups. We're a lot more cuddly, we're a lot more physical with each other. We'll gladly puzzle each other's hair or give each other belly rubs just out of the blue as naturally as you smile or gesture if you're in conversation otherwise. And yes, I can see that that would be an invasion of personal space if you didn't know it. Yeah, but it's, there's not that sort of... It's not aggressive invasion of personal space. No, it's... uh... It's not unwelcome. It's all purely from a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, 
a really another sort of random question is like how how did you like get into it or how did you sort of how do you find your your pups owner uh yourself in this sort of scene when when and how did you come across this um i was very lucky i grew up with excellent internet connection and rubbish filters so i got to explore all sorts of aspects of bdsm without ever leaving the comfort of my own home i got to see what sort of things I liked the look of, what sort of things I didn't like the look of. I got to explore deeper into things I did like. And along the way, I found a few different people who had written about puppets. And I really liked the sound of So when I finally came out in the real world, as opposed to just looking at stuff online, it was one of the first things I tried. And I enjoyed it as much as I expected. So I've just carried on with it. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think there we're very lucky with um, the sort of being the internet generation. We we do have that, yeah, com- buff- sort of buffet. buffer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we definitely have that. That I mean, you know, there's also the the there's also the downside that people would say that it's less less sort of it's physical. You've got less of a real idea of what things are like. Yeah. You can- the wrong end of the stick very easily online. Yeah. But as if you purely treat it as a set of resources for finding information, yeah. There's a lot of information out there that you can find and you can basically you can get ideas from it very easily. Yeah. yeah. I think that's 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 one of the, the that's that comes down to also, you know, how how cleverly you use it <laughs> and um mm. But um, no, that's that's really cool. I mean, you know, there's um, one thing that I've also like noted down about the whole um, puppy thing is, um, I mean, it's called puppy play or uh, pup play or whatever, and and that kind of in in sort of that kind of evokes the idea of a young a young pup. Is is it an? Do you think it's an an age? There's an age barrier to being a pup, or is it completely open to? Uh-huh anyone now that's an interesting question because you will see a lot of younger pups out there and i don't know whether that's because it's the physical action of being on all fours bounding around in situations you aren't normally finding yourself in yeah. it means that you know you need to have younger joints you need to have supper muscles you need to be more flexible i certainly got up after puffing out every now and then and gone, oh, God, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> um, but equally, there are some older pups out there, and they're perfectly accepted as well. I, so I just wonder if it's more a case of it's easier to find with the internet, and so people who have had more access and more freedom on the internet have found it more easily, and they tended to be younger. I don't know. It's a phenomenon, certainly, but I don't know the absolute cause. Yeah, because that's really interesting. Because that's something that I wrote down as well. Is that um, there seems to be, especially like recently, there seems to have been a an increase in pups on the on the fetish scene, uh, especially the younger um, the younger guys. Yeah, I've it... noticed that as well. Um, part of me wonders if it's a barrier to entry problem. Um, You'll see, you'll see with the increased 
cost of the necessary gear to enter a school yeah. and increase age for You'll see a lot more younger rubber guys than you'll see younger leather guys. And part of that, a part of that, is just the cost of entry. Mm. You, not a lot of young guys are earning enough that they can spend a thousand pounds on an outfit that they will wear purely as a means of getting into a scene. Yeah. But at play, yeah. you need, what, five pounds worth of knee pads and an attitude. And <laughs> that'll get you in. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was. I mean, I was quite lucky as an 18-year-old because I had a full-time paying job. And even then, it was a struggle to get any sort of gear so I could go to my first club. So yeah, there is that uh, sort of, you have to be was, well set up in life to start enjoying this part of the community. And it's been quite interesting because... Is... Go on. Go on. Well, no, I was just going to say, it's been quite interesting seeing people are starting to refer to it as the pup commu- community. Which is very interesting for me because, you know, you already have the leather community and things like the bear community, which is built around an ethos. Do you reckon, like, pup play as a community is similar to that? Um, there's a lot of shared mentality, certainly. The shared playfulness, the shared interest and enthusiasm. But a specific ethos, I've, well, Maybe it's yet to develop. Maybe it's developed in certain places. It seems to be just more a case of openness and willing willingness to accept people into the community as a whole that renders it community. People feeling like they belong to it just because they belong to something rather than because we all have a strict set of ideals that we all follow. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's interesting. Because one thing that I've sort of noticed, and I don't know if that's um, if it's if it's actually actru- accurate or, or or true or not, but one thing I've heard from many, especially sort of the more established, um, different scene members and and all sorts of people around, is a lot of uh, and sometimes I see it myself, is the fact that sometimes one gets the feeling that some of these young guys um, that you know are on the on the scene, not necessarily just pups, but because there's so many young guys in that, is it? Um, could it also be a kind of? Sometimes we kind of get the feeling that it is a bit of a fashion thing. That it's sort of, it's kind of cool to be a pup right now, and you know they've kind of done everything else. So, you know, it's, it's the fake gamer girl problem. Yeah. How can you? How can you prove that someone's into yeah. it as opposed to just doing it because it's fashionable? And is that a bad thing at all? Is it okay to just have people coming into the scene? Okay, maybe they're not taking it as seriously as you do, but there's still more people. There's still keeping the bars alive. There's still more business for everyone. And when they pass, nothing major is lost. Mm. So I don't necessarily see it as a problem. Oh, no, it's... um... The other thing is, even if people do get into it as a fad... They might find they really like it and start to get into other parts of the fetish community and become supportive. You know, there shouldn't... I feel it's a good gateway into the community. And there does seem to be this negative undertone from a lot of, like, 
older guys who are saying, oh, puppies are just doing it because they want fetish light or they don't want, like, the harsh rules like a sub should follow. And my instant reaction to that is, why do you get to decide how subs be? If this is the kind of submission they want, what's wrong with that? The whole point of sex and fetish play is to have fun and do what you enjoy. Well, who's to say what's right and wrong for everyone? If something's right and wrong for that specific couple, then that's their king. If something's not wrong for... If something's wrong for them, it's not their king. Why does there need to be an absolute set of rules? People yeah. love the security of absolutes. Um, well, I mean, this has been going on yeah. for ages. It's the whole old guard, new guard thing, which there has always been an old guard and there has always been a new guard, if you actually look into the history of it all. Yeah. Um, one thing as well that was very interesting, with the, especially with like the young... Um, uh, so with it being a lot of the young guys and, and with it being something really affectionate and, and you know, quite fun. Um, one thing that I've heard also from a few people is that um, it's it seems to be very sort of attention seeking. I mean, I don't know. There's there, there are people who are like, oh, it's it's them trying to, you know, get attention. And, you know, it's all about me, the pup, and, you know, l- love me, cuddle me, whatever, which is not really a bad you know, thing to want, but there, I have heard some people who are like, oh, you know, it's a bit much, and it kind of distracts everyone. Um, which I find a really, in a way, a really odd thing to... to uh, a really I, odd, you know... Odd I can probably see where you're coming from with that train of logic, but I've also not seen it done that specific way. Yeah. Um, I haven't met anyone behaves like that out and about but mm-hmm. then that's anecdotal evidence that's not absolute evidence so I oh, can't God, yeah. <laughs> um, but also isn't that kind of what kink is about is making yourself into what you want to be and yeah. I mean lots of leather and lots of rubber is all about making your body as perfect as it can be frames the perfect way to come in the ideal that you're working towards. So yeah. that could be attention and seeking as well. Oh, and God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's acceptable. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me not really seeing the difference, but No, it's interesting because there you know, it's definitely all a form of attention seeking. I mean, you know, to quote the mother of RuPaul is it's, you know, we're born naked, everything else is drag. So it, essentially, you know, wearing <laughs> rubber and wearing leather is a form of drag. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you can say that. In the kink community, we spend a lot of time constructing identities for ourselves, whether it be the big, tough, um, ultra-masculine dom, or the perfect sub, or the daddy's boy, or the one caring daddy... We actively construct an identity, especially now we have like online profiles. We can really try and project a certain element of ourselves out there. Yeah. So, mm. but um, one thing you touched on, which um, I just want to like quickly go into, is you talked about the um, the whole entry barrier of cost and how much you know leather costs and, and rubber costs and everything. Um, so with pup play, there is some specific gear that's kind of developed with the community so we now have um uh what's it pup tail uh plugs um there's puppy masks there's um mitts and stuff like that 
Um, yeah. What is kind of, you know, is there like essential gear that you kind of should have as a pup or is it, um, and, um, you know, if so, what, what would that all be and entail or, or um, yeah, what's the gear side of, of the puppy play like? Okay, the absolute essential is a set of knee pads because crawling around on all fours on a hard floor will leave you with stuff. I did it for far too long before I made that connection. <laughs> so, absolutely, knee pads. Any sports shop, any hardware shop, anything will do. How if you can't find that, two sponges and a roll of duct tape. <laughs> some Perfect. Added. Good old duct tape. Uh, after that, um, a set of mitts can help you, you know, stay in character, certainly, mm. just by taking away the ability to use your hand. Yep. It means you have less opportunity to break character. Um, a hood will alter the face of your shape and how other people perceive you, which, again, is great for keeping you in the sort of happy headspace because when people look at you, they will see a bus. And so they will treat you that way, and so you will think that way. Um, and the obvious one, the collar. <laughs> most, most pups, most subs, most any sort of submissive will know what the collar means to them. And sometimes that's different for different people. Sometimes that's the same across different people. I won't go into it now because Honestly, we don't have time for my <laughs> on colours. We could do a whole show usually, on that. That's yeah. usually pretty essential. And tails are just fun. Yeah. <laughs> that they are. Wiggle, wiggling your butt and having feedback for doing so means yeah. that you want to wiggle your butt more, which means you're more waggy, which means you're more fun. And if, <laughs> it's just, if you can afford a tail, that will probably be the second thing you should buy yeah yeah and from what i've been hearing if you're going to buy one of the tails i mean they now do um belt tails instead of butt plug tails for those not anally inclined um but am i right in thinking the general advice is go a little bit bigger than what you'd normally do because of the weight the tail adds um okay in my experience the weight of the plug the heavier it is, the less likely it is to fall out, up to a point after which your body is just going, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's never, not in a bar, no way. <laughs> so go for what you're comfortable with, go for what feels comfortable, and go for what you think you can, one, hold in, and two, be comfortable wearing for an extended period of time. Unfortunately, you can't really test these out in shop and go, <laughs> no, the next size down, I think. You've got to sort of know what sort of butt plug you can take and then go out and buy your tail. So yeah. I, I don't really know the solution to that. <laughs> there, there is no easy solution to that, I think. Um, no, that's, that's, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, that, that's good because that, that sort of covers... Well, you know, all the gear needed. The good thing about puppy play is it's because it's, it's sort of more internal, in a, in a yeah. sense, it's more internal. So you can also combine it with, you know, leather or rubber or sports oh, gear yeah. or whatever you really 
you know, Lycra or whatever you're really into. So that's, I think that's also a sort of benefit to, to that. You're not, you know, pigeonholing yourself into one category as such. Yeah. Cause, I've uh, seen from all types of gear and indeed pubs just go around in normal clothes. Yeah, exactly. On all fours, smiling away, butt <laughs> wiggling, and the only gear they've got is, again, the knee pack. And yeah. that's fine too. They're still very clearly the pup. So, so yeah, it, it it allows you to be a lot more free in the type of gear that you want to follow. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So now we've covered the um, the puppy community. Uh, let's briefly talk a bit more about you and what you're doing at right now. So by the time this broadcasts, the contest will probably be over. But you are up for Mister Leather UK. Uh, yep, that's happening on Friday at 9 o'clock at Expectations Live. Um, so hopefully this goes out before then, but we'll see. I, uh-huh. You haven't told me when it broadcasts, so maybe it'll be over, and who knows, hopefully I can be wearing a sash by then. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the sash queens then, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love what Americans call them, royalty. Royalty, oh yes, yes. The court. <laughs> We should, we should have, I mean, we've already, well, we've already got, you know, boring royalty. Why not have a fun royalty as well? Um, um, no, so that's, that's brilliant. I mean, did I see it right? You were, was it in Antwerp or? You uh, yeah, were... so I was in Antwerp um, helping out with the Mr. Puppy Europe competition. Um, yeah. I said in advance that, if they needed me to make up the numbers, I would help out. But the, I couldn't compete seriously because one of the rules that they had in um, the duties that the title holder would have to follow was that yeah. they could enter any other competition. Yeah. And I'd already signed up for this letter, so couldn't fulfill the duties required, couldn't compete. Yeah. It would, I wouldn't have been able to act in good faith. So, unfortunately, um, Two of the contestants got a road accident on the way over. Oh. Um, they were both fine, thank God, but um, they couldn't make it to the event. So I was called in to make up the numbers. Um, I told the judges in the interview round um, what my position was, why they shouldn't vote for me, but that I was still going to represent my community and put on the best damn show I could. And the audience seemed to like it anyway. Now, did you mention world peace? No, I didn't. Um, the time I spoke on the stage was for my uh, freestyle performance, where I taught people how to handle over-enthusiastic puppies who are bigger than them by means of pressure on them. I did the one which will get a puppy to go back onto all fours when they pounce on you. The one that will get them to let go of your hand when they think. Or the one that will get them to let go of anything else when they think. Hmm. That's quite interesting. Uh, is there any video of this? Because we could probably put that in the show notes. <laughs> um, if there isn't, I will gladly come over and give you a, and teach you in person. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. Oh, yes. Well, we might have to take you up on that. We might do a sort of. An actual, uh, have you come over and do a podcast where you actually sort of 
teach. <laughs> teach. <laughs> teach puppy yes. to the world. Now, you're also <laughs> up for... Um, is it a hooky? Uh, yeah, so um, in my spare time, I've done some escorting. And for whatever reason, they decided to put me up for best fetish this um, this coming weekend. It's happening at almost the exact same time as Mr. Leather, so I can't be there for it. But, um, yeah, I've been nominated. I've given my interview, which they have in their typical degree of organization not bothered to do anything with um, <laughs> and one of my housemates is up for another couple of categories so he's going to be over there he flies out in the morning sounds good sounds Ooh. good well it looks like a very busy weekend <laughs> whatever happens um it's it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to it yeah well that's the most important thing i get you know to this all of this is having fun (laughs) i mean as well as getting all these awards you're creating one yourself or at least um part of the team that's doing so yeah um so a group of friends and i who were involved in the mr poppy europe competition have decided to bring it to the national level we're setting up mr puppy uk and we're setting up the framework so that other european nations can join in we've got interest from Denmark, Belgium, and Ireland so far. So, fingers crossed, we'll be able to set up a feeder series of competitions um, this coming year. Oh, cool! That sounds that sounds like a lot of a lot of organising, a lot of work, but also a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, because I mean, this ties into what we was talking about earlier about barriers of entry. One thing we've talked about. In- um, beforehand is you're planning on setting up a leather rental scheme sort of thing? Yeah, so my plan, if I get the title and the vouchers that come with it, is to use all of the vouchers to get basic gear and to have those set up in um, the coat check space at the entrance of leather box. And people can then check in their bag, and for an additional fee to cover the cost of cleaning, they can borrow the leather gear from us. That way, the barrier to entry drops from a flat fee of £600 or so to an extra, what, £3 a night for the sake of the cleaning fee. And ideally, I'd want to set it up with a loyalty fee so that those... um, increments of three pounds get added up until you've paid off the cost of the leather in the first and then through your dedication and loyalty to the leather scene and to that bar you've earned your first leather that's pretty cool so people can actually earn their leathers which i know for a lot of people is a big deal rather than buying it actually i i want to set it up that way certainly i want to be able to make it further through dedication to the team some sort of community work if I can get my hands on it and if I can organize it properly. And to just showing up and being there and supporting your bar and supporting your community, you can earn your leather that way as opposed to just, you know, happening to have the money necessary. And I think that can open up the scene and 
do some good. That's interesting because I'm 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 usually quite sort of I'm quite a s- skeptical to, um, I I mean when I first sort of heard about your idea, my first sort of was oh okay this could be interesting. I like the idea. I I love the thing. Actually, I think it's a really great idea with the um, earning your levers. I think that's that's a really cool um, concept. Um, I mean, I think uh, you know the you'd have to sort of mark the leather somehow so that they can't just walk off with it um, uh, at the end of the yeah, night. That's the plan. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm going. To, I'm thinking of pulling it the L plate leather, just like you, you've got your leather learner plates on your car when you're still training yeah. that, that's the leathers as well so has embroidered on the left chest and on the rear pocket of the trousers and um, okay. a little L plate in red and if anyone is outside the club with red L plate leathers then those aren't theirs and they have to get sent back but once you've earned the leathers um, I'm going to have to find a way to do this but I'd want to either swap it out for the little pass plate or just have the red L turned gold or something to signify that you have found those leathers and they're yours. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds like, yeah, definitely. That sounds like a, a really Ooh. good concept. Um, and, um, yeah. Cool. No, um, Actually, just quickly to go back to um, a uh, bit on the on the pub thing, because this kind of touches on to your what you're organising and and Antwerp and everything. Um, yeah. Is there is there a specific pub scene here in London? Like, are there is there a specific like event? You know, a set of events or something like that specifically for pups, or is it is it more uh, alongside other fetish events? So there is. We just so we had puppy pride and we had fetch and they sort of blossomed and then fell back. Yeah. Um, we've now got a new night in London called Pups at Play, which is held at the back street. It's on Thursdays. I forget which Thursday. I think it's the second one of every month. Okay. You'll have to check with them. I'm sorry, I can't be more specific. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, their first one was plagued by poor advertising. There were some posters up in the bar, and that was it. So uh, they didn't even they didn't even remember to put it up on their website in time, which really hurt the numbers that time. But it was set up so brilliantly. The space was done perfectly. The atmosphere was done perfectly. And if they just had the advertising, it would have been brilliant. So I'm really hoping that it picks up over the course of the next few weeks next few months and that the advertising is better the word gets out better and that it, it becomes the night it deserves uh, we've also got the pup social that happens in Birmingham which is a little bit out of the way but you've got a lot of warning that happens once every few months and it's brilliant there's so many of us there uh, last time at our peak we hit 75 people at once which was cool. just amazing. And that sounds quite successful. I, <laughs> yeah, they, they did well. Um, I think that's it. Nothing else springs to mind. Um, well, we'll, you know, we'll soon have Mr. Puppy to look forward to, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're aiming for that to happen in October time. So oh. 
watch Brilliant. this space. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, then we'll probably have to get you on around that time to... Um, that would be actually the perfect time. You could come on around that time, plug the plug the um, the pageant, and um, and teach teach everyone a bit more about you know the the do's and don'ts and the methods of puppy play. <laughs> yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Or um, I think we've covered everything that I had in mind. Thank you. Beth. That's brilliant. That's I mean, fantastic. we're looking forward to having you back on for various subjects. Um, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to joining you guys, and hopefully soon I can teach you those pressure points I mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely, and um, good luck on uh, Friday, and uh, yeah, yeah, with both awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, I'll see you guys soon. In that case, yes, definitely. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.